What is up, everybody? How you doing? How you living? Another episode of Miked Up coming at you. This is your host, Big Country. No mellow this evening. Uh, holiday season's a little busy now that he is freshly married. That means he now gets to enjoy those extra family holidays and that little bit of extra family time. So I decided to say, hey, you know what? I don't have that extra family right now, as, as sad as it may sound coming into the show. Um, I, I said, I'll go solo. Not a problem. And uh, I have plenty to talk about. And there's a lot going on in the world of football, NFL, and college football, especially with bowl games in full swing uh, in a lot of big games this weekend. I don't know how much we'll get into the college games Um if I'm just being completely honest with you, because there is a lot uh, in the NFL that I wanted to discuss and I wanted to talk about and, and kind of hear your guys' thoughts and opinions on as well after the show airs. Uh, so feel free to reach us uh, both on Twitter or I should I say X. Um, but before we get into anything else, I need to go ahead and mention our sponsors. As always, MidAmerica RV and Downtown Lube. Just going to keep it short and sweet. Go buy an RV. Go travel the world. Quit your shitty job. Get a remote one and have fun living in your RV. It's going to be cheaper than anyways uh, doing most things, and it's going to be exciting. And in your vehicle that you're towing around your RV with, you're going to need it serviced. Stop in Joplin and get it done right there at Downtown Lube Market, and the boys will get you taken care of. And so will Josh Moots at MidAmerica RV. Now, into the show. What a whirlwind of football games we got to witness this weekend uh, that started on a Saturday, or excuse me, should I say Thursday, rolled into Saturday, Sunday, and then those Merry Christmas games, or the Christmas games, excuse me, on Monday. It was quite a whirlwind of it, but that is just what the NFL has been this season. I still think we're in a position where we're kind of looking at the playoff picture and we're unsure of what's going to happen uh, fully in the NFC. It feels like the Niners have the number one position locked, or at least it felt that way up until that game last night on Christmas evening, just due to the fact that the Ravens were able to do whatever they wanted. So I think we can for sure say, hey, AFC, it looks like it's the Ravens. The Dolphins, they're in a weird situation right now because the remaining schedule is still going to be so tough, and then it leaves the door open um, for these remaining positions with the Chiefs, Jaguars, Browns, and Bills kind of sitting in no man's land. The Colts still have an opportunity here uh, to find a way into the playoffs if they can sneak in an extra team from the AFC South. But the real situation here looking at the NFC is who's going to win the NFC South? Because we still have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Everyone's going to say, well, yeah, it's them for sure. The Falcons – as sad as this is to say, they're still in contention for it. And for me personally, I'm a guy that has a parlay uh, that involves the, the Rams winning that division. Was that a smart bet on me? I'll be the first one to tell you probably not. But there's a little bit of confidence riding into it because there's still a chance here. And the Ravens, or excuse me, the Falcons and the Buccaneers still have to face off this season uh, before we finally get to dictate uh, who wins that full division. So it's going to leave the NFC in a weird position here where the Lions, who just won the NFC for the first time in 30 years, um, what a, a historic run there for them uh, and this season. And we'll get more into that here in a little bit. But right now it's looking like Niners, Lions, Eagles, and then Cowboys. Um, the Eagles finally end their losing streak. But I, I, I got to say, it didn't look promising. That win against the Giants, it, it's nice that you, you finally got uh, another mark there in the win column. But it wasn't a pretty one. And as a Chiefs fan right now, I would love to just continue to put marks in the win column. But it's not happening. But as an Eagles fan, it's you're still sitting here looking at it going, man, I just the Giants were able to move the ball up and down the field at times against our defense. And you're sitting here thinking, are we as confident going into the playoffs as we were last year? Are we excited about this team with 
not necessarily injuries that you're dealing with, but maybe just your offense getting kind of figured out and the pressure being put on Jalen Hurts to throw the ball and be more effective in that realm of the game, especially when running the football hasn't been a strong point this season. you got fans sitting here chanting, run the football. you got fans making signs outside the stadium. Nick Sirianni is answering questions about it in postgame uh, interviews again and again throughout the season and throughout the week. And the Eagles are in the spot where, hey, yeah, we got to win, but it wasn't a pretty one. And you're looking at the Cowboys who are just kind of scraping and fighting by uh, a tough game this weekend for them, but they're still right there just, you know, biting at the heels of the Eagles uh, to win this division. And it's still open as well for them, especially with the remaining schedule that we have here in these next two weeks. And it's going to be a fun one uh, coming down to the wire. But back to the AFC here, the Cleveland Browns, this is a football team that we could have said was dead in the water. And realistically, they still have a chance to to win a Super Bowl. And you, some people might hear that and be like, oh, my God, like Joe Flacco and the Browns, are we serious? <laughs> the Browns have playmakers, and the Browns have a really, really good defense. This division is tough. You still got to go through the Ravens. Um, you're probably not going to win the division, right? But there's still the fact that you can get into the playoffs and you're rolling hot right now, and you're going to be able to make enough noise where you can send the team home. And that, it's just going to be one of those deals where we go, how in the world did we just lose to the Browns? Well, because Joe Flacco is just making enough plays. And we've seen Joe Flacco be pretty magical in the playoffs before. Now, granted, that was a really, really long time ago, but he ended up having a flawless postseason, goes to a Super Bowl, and wins it. Not necessarily saying that's what's going to happen this year with the Browns, but I do think that they have a possibility of getting into the playoffs. Or they, they're definitely going to get into the playoffs most likely. And if they do, they're going to be a team you're going to have to look out for. And that's going to be leading into the segment here of the show of what teams do we think can make a Super Bowl, win a Super Bowl, kind of can make the playoffs here, but at the same time, it's like, eh, realistically, you're probably not going to win it. But, hey, at least you're there. And so Mel and I, we each have our list. Um, Mello has teams that can win a Super Bowl listed as the Eagles. Uh, we had made this list last week, so I'm sure his answer might change here. But he does have the Chiefs, he has the Ravens, and he has the Niners. Teams that he think could maybe win the Super Bowl, but in the playoffs for sure. Dolphins, Cowboys, Bills, and Lions. And the teams that might make the playoffs but can't win, any team from the AFC South, any team from the NFC South, and then he has the Browns here. Now, again, that answer might change with the Browns and maybe moving into the maybe slot because, for me, the teams that I do think can win a Super Bowl, if the season's ended right now and we're heading into the playoffs, I think the four teams that I'm the most confident with that are going to be in the Super Bowl slash win the Super Bowl is going to be the Baltimore Ravens, the Buffalo Bills, the San Francisco 49ers, and the Dallas Cowboys. I think when you look at these teams, they are complete all the way around, and there's really not any question marks. And yes, you know, the Niners, they just got walloped by the Ravens, but if we're being realistic about it, that was just a lot of tough breaks for the 49ers, and, and Brock Purdy especially. Four interceptions, the team had five. Sam Donald's interception at the end pretty much just kind of was like a well paid trying to force something that wasn't going to happen anyways. Game's over. But Brock Purdy, a lot of those interceptions, it wasn't like dumb decisions. He's just getting hit right as he throws it or where a ball's getting tipped at the, the line of scrimmage. But, like, right when you're throwing and you, your elbow gets hit and the ball just kind of turns into, you know, a dead duck in the air, like, yeah, it's going to get picked off. It's going to happen. But it just was one of those situations for the 49ers where it happened again and again and you didn't get the opportunity to make up for it because the Ravens, every time they got the ball, they scored. They made the most of those opportunities. And now, of course, we come into that football game going, oh, my gosh. The Ravens are unstoppable. Like, Who's going to be able to slow this team down heading into the postseason? They're getting hot at the right time. This is absolutely terrifying. 
And I think there's, you know, there's a lot of points there that are correct. But then to look at Lamar Jackson and say, oh, my gosh, this guy's far and away the MVP of the league. Like right then and there, I say, like, hey, let's let's hold our horses, because when we truly look at the stats for Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens right now, yes, they've had a good season. Was there an opportunity that he was going to go elsewhere this last offseason because the Ravens um, did the, the first round tender on him of like, hey, if somebody wants him, come and get him. There were no teams that were interested. No teams reached out to him. Take that how you will, but I think it's realistically of the fact that, and Mel and I talked about this a lot when this situation was going on, is that there was going to not be a team that was going to do the dirty work for the Ravens to go through the work and negotiations with Lamar Jackson to figure out a contract, and then the Ravens to say, yeah, we'll match that. If you're willing to accept it with them, like that's the one you accept with us. Like That's just kind of a, a silly thing to do for any other team in the league when you knew yeah, we're not going to be able to get Lamar Jackson. And if we give up two first-round picks, like that's great. But at the same time, we're not going to get him. So why even waste or entertain that? Yeah, you're going to sit here and say, well, the, you know, the Carolina Panthers, they gave up two first-round picks to go get Bryce Young, and how's that working out? Well, this last week, it worked out decently well for him. It's probably his best game he's had all season. Not saying there's much promise heading in from, from here, but you're seeing a little bit of the development. You're seeing a little bit of the progress, and it's just been a long season for the Panthers. So... We'll just leave that argument where it is. But with Lamar Jackson being the MVP, this guy right now, he's 15th in the league in passing yards. He's 19th in the league, or he's 14th, excuse me, in the league in passing touchdowns. He's got seven interceptions, and he's eighth in the league with QBR at 63. That's a good season, not taking anything away from that. That's not an MVP-level season, though. If you want to talk about a true MVP of this league this season, I- I'm not even going to say Brock Purdy either when that discussion was there because I don't think it is Brock Purdy. But the guy that is and has been throughout this entire season and the weeks that he was not there for his team, you saw how much it impacted their offense. And it's Christian McCaffrey. This guy leads the league in carries. He leads the league in yards. He's third in touchdowns. And he's averaging five and a half yards a carry. That right there is the league MVP. That is a guy that is a difference maker for an offense. That is a guy that you take off the field and you see immediately how much of an impact he has week in and week out for your team. And he's just pretty much a lock for a touchdown every single week as well. I mean, there was a guy that won, I think, over 20, 40 grand in a parlay on guys just anytime touchdowns, and it came down to Christian McCaffrey on the Christmas night game. Yeah, that's pretty much going to be a freaking hit. Congratulations to that guy. Also, Lord, I see what you've done for others. Help me out, please. I would love to win that much money. But... Back to the MVP discussion. It's Christian McCaffrey. Yes, the Niners got walloped last night. Yes, the Baltimore Ravens did whatever they wanted. Yes, Lamar Jackson looked fantastic and made amazing plays again and again and again. But the league MVP for this year should be Christian McCaffrey, and we're just going to leave it at that. Back to our Super Bowl discussions and teams that are going to be there. I've already mentioned the Ravens, and I've already discussed the Niners. Now let's head to the other team in the NFC, the Dallas Cowboys. A lot of question marks for me personally about this team heading in with, hey, you moved on from Zeke, not necessarily like a major loss. I felt like everyone was kind of in agreement of, hey, you know, like it kind of makes the most sense. Tony Pollard's made the most of each of his opportunities that he's gotten with Dallas, and we're just kind of starting to Zeke digress a little bit. And it's just not looking pretty. It's just end of an era here in Dallas. Zeke, it's time to move on. And that's eventually what happened, and we kind of saw this offense struggle to run the ball at the beginning of the year. Tony Pollard gets hurt, so that didn't help. But now you're at a point where you've had to rely on Dak to lead you through the season, and he's proven he can do that. You've looked at this defense to get stops and get turnovers and sack the quarterback and make things happen. They've proven they can do that. Special teams, you've looked at your kicker. 
hey, we need you to make some some big time kicks here. We need you to hit some game winning field goals. You know, give us a lead here, tie the ball game up. They've proven they can do that. This team, in every facet of the game of the Dallas Cowboys, has lived up to the hype this season. And I think this is the year for the Cowboys where you're making a true run in the playoffs. I think teams are scared to face you now. I don't think there's going to be an opportunity for the Cowboys to run in the playoffs where we see them just kind of choke a football game away. I think it's going to be a good back-and-forth football game, and I think Dallas is in a position now where they've had enough experience with this with Dak as a quarterback on how to handle these situations, especially with your head coach who – Tons of rumors like, hey, this guy is just really, really poor at managing the, the clock at the end of football games. You have enough experience there, again, with your head coach and your quarterback and your playmakers on offense where you can rely on one another, you know how to handle situations, and that's going to be very key in these playoff games, especially with Dallas, like we've seen in the past, where there's just those boneheaded mistakes that cost you football games and send you home for the rest of the year. I do think the Cowboys have a true opportunity to do it. And then the last team I have here, the, the Buffalo Bills. This is a team that is just absolutely humming right now. They fire their offensive coordinator. They bring up Joe Brady, a guy who Mel and I talked about a couple weeks ago as well. At one point, we thought, hey, this is the next dude coming out of LSU with that offense in 2019. A lot of studs on that offense, but also some pretty good play calls that kind of help get them up and down the field and be as successful as they were that season. You get to the NFL, didn't necessarily pan out. And now you're with the Buffalo Bills. And it's working out pretty damn well with that second opportunity that you've been given because Josh Allen looks so much more comfortable. We've seen a little bit of a, a demise in the uh, production from St- uh, from Stephen Diggs or Stephon Diggs, excuse me. But at the same time, this offense is even better than it has been. They're running the football. James Cook is a. We're sitting here looking at like, oh my God, is this one of the, the best running backs in the league right now? He's come on strong real late. You know, would love to see a full season before we kind of just get real serious with that statement that I just made. But this is a guy who is just continuing to show up for his team in an offense when they desperately needed him. They've needed it most. This is another thing with the Bills that we've talked about for years is if they just get a decent running game, this is something where you know teams need to look out for. And in the middle, beginning of the season, we're sitting here looking at the Bills like, ah, oh, man, did they miss their Super Bowl window? Is that it? Boy, they flung that sucker right back open because they can run the football. Josh Allen is making the right decision. He's making the right plays. This defense is creating havoc. And – Here's another aspect with running the football. Leonard Fournette is back. They've brought him up from practice squad. I don't think he played too much this last week, but the fact that he's being brought up and he's getting ready for a playoff run, and you're looking at the Buffalo Bills of going, hey, they're in a true position uh, to make something happen and they can make some noise this postseason. And looking at the way the rest, the rest of the AFC is painting out, the Buffalo Bills do have a, a true opportunity to make some serious noise and, and make a run at the, the Super Bowl in if let's say they run into the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, pff, Bills winning that. I can tell you that right now. We'll get into the Chiefs here in a little bit. But like, even if the Bills run into the Ravens, I think the Bills can run the ball effectively enough where it keeps the Ravens' offense off the field and they can just kind of keep eating at them. But then let's say it turns into a shootout. Josh Allen's going to say, sign me up for that any day of the week. We've already seen the dumb plays from Josh Allen. Now we're going to see the really good Josh Allen. And when you get into the playoffs, it's like this guy reaches another level. And it's insane. So I'm excited for that. My teams that I think could maybe make a Super Bowl slash win a Super Bowl, uh, the Detroit Lions, again, this is a team that you know just won their division for the first time in 30 years. Absolutely insane. And just incredible props to, to Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions for being able to make that happen in, what, three or four years that he's been the head coach. And this is a team when I look at the Lions and I go, this is what the 2017 Kansas City Chiefs were. 
this is a team that has everything kind of rolling in the right direction, and you have a quarterback that you like and appreciate, but you don't know if he's truly the future. And the reason I say this about the Lions and comparing them to the Chiefs is you're in a position where you have built everything else on your football team, and you can go make a move in the draft to go get your quarterback of the future. You can take that little bit of a chance to move up into the top ten and get a guy that you think can be your future, a.k.a. what the Chiefs thought Mahomes was going to be for them. And it's, and it's worked out well right now. That's a lot easier said than done. But I've said this since the beginning of the season. I said this right before the first game of the Chiefs and Lions to open the year up was I see the Lions as the 2017 Chiefs, and I had all these examples, and then I picked the Lions to beat the Chiefs. I, maybe I didn't pick them, but I was very confident in the fact of saying, hey, I would not be surprised if the Lions beat the Chiefs to open the year in Arrowhead. And sure enough, it's like the, the Lions have continued to answer that and meet that comparison to me that I've had since the beginning of the year throughout this entire season. And now as they're heading into the playoff, do they have a, a true shot at making the Super Bowl and winning it? Of course. You know, anything can happen any given Sunday, right? But realistically, to me, in my mind, I don't think they can. I don't think they will. But it's just such a promising step in the right direction for this organization and this football team where you've, <laughs> you've pretty much already won your Super Bowl. You were able to win your division. It's been 30 years since you've done it. You're, you know, your hopes and aspirations are through the roof right now. Just continue to build off of that this next year. And make it go make and go make it happen again. The Dolphins, uh, we're, we've kind of been in a little bit of a a wave with them, a little bit of a roller coaster, we should say, right? Because week in and week out, we're saying like, hey, this offense is just so explosive; they're putting a ton of points up on the board. And then the next week, we're kind of like, all right, well, you know, who's going to be the next one to step up? Is Tua is Tua ready to take this team to the next level? And you know, we got Mike McDaniel be like, okay, hey, like some of these play calls are my fault. Again, that's props to a coach on being able to do that. You see that on Hard Knocks if you've been paying attention to it. But the Miami Dolphins, this offense, it is electric. But the question mark is on the defense, to me. Is this a defense that can that can make things happen in the postseason? Is this a defense that can stop a team from running the football at will? Can they get turnovers? Can they get a key third down stop and let their offense get the ball back and go make things happen? That's kind of where my question mark is. And then also the offensive line for the Dolphins it has not been good. I think they, they lead the league. They're tied with the Jets for uh, the most different offensive line starting combinations throughout the season just because they've been dealing with so many injuries. Dolphins are definitely up there, but again, a maybe. My next maybe team is going to be the Philadelphia Eagles. I kind of dove into that a little bit earlier. But the the Eagles, they're strong in every facet of the game, right? But again, we, we're sitting here, we looked at it these last couple of weeks, and it seems that teams have been just kind of found a weakness on this defense where if we can get the ball up quickly, we can get it over the middle, and we can just kind of hope for some yards after catch, our offense is going to be fine against this good defense that the Philadelphia Eagles have. But the concern is if the Philadelphia Eagles control the ball on offense and they don't turn it over and you remove those boneheaded mistakes that we've seen them make time and uh, time again throughout the season, this Philadelphia Eagles team is absolutely terrifying. But again, you're, you're reaching a point in the season where you're looking at Jalen Hurts and saying, hey, we, we need you to just kind of put in that little bit of – we just needed that little extra from you, right? Just the difference between ordinary and extraordinary is just that little extra. Can we get that from you, Jalen? Last year you were able to get it. This year – it's kind of a little hesitant, but if you get in a third and one or fourth and one situation, it's an absolute lock. You got the first down with the brotherly tush push. It, it, it's all there, but you just have to get yourself in those positions, and we've seen it a little bit this season where the Eagles have kind of struggled to put themselves in that spot to go make things happen. That's my one concern with it. Teams that I think can make the playoffs but can't win. Minnesota Vikings, it's looked all right. The, the Cleveland Browns, we talked about them earlier. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
I'm almost willing to say the Jacksonville Jaguars are dead. Uh, you've dealt with a ton of injuries. You're kind of coming to this point of the season where things just look rough. You're not consistent throughout the season. It's been enjoyable. You know, there's a lot of excitement coming into the year, but I think you're going to reach the playoffs, and I think you're just going to kind of lay an egg. Last year you got real – I don't want to say lucky because it's never really luck, right? These guys work so hard day in and day out to make things happen and to reach this point and to be in the NFL and, and make this point of the season with that comeback they had against the Chargers last year. I don't think that happens this year for the Jaguars. I think if they, they make the playoffs, they're most likely winning their division. You're going to make the playoffs, and you're just going to have a first-round exit. Like I just think that's the reality. But unless you face the Chiefs, then I'll say congratulations because you're probably beating them because that's the other team that I have here. Um, actually, before I get there, let me talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because this is a team that's being led by Baker Mayfield and Mike Evans um, and just has been absolutely dominant. This offense has um, been tearing it up the last couple of weeks, just kind of flying underneath the radar. Mike Evans having another historical season that's just continuing to add to this fantastic resume of a career that he is putting together. And we're just not really talking about it. This is a guy who wants a new contract, wants big money. He deserves every dime uh, that he's going to get and that he's asking for. But then when you look at Baker Mayfield, it's just this is a guy that we thought was dead in the water. We thought his career was over. Former number one pick in Cleveland ended up being one of the winningest quarterbacks they had had in a super long time. Uh, and they were ready to move on from him. And they went a different direction. We saw him go to Carolina. We saw him go to the Rams. And it just it didn't really pan out for him. And now he finds a home in Tampa in He's, I don't know if it's the chip on the shoulder, if it's just there's no pressure. I'm just going to sling it. I'm going to play ball, and it's working out for him. And you're looking at Baker Mayfield going like, okay, like, can you keep this up? Can you keep making plays? Can you not get in your own way here, try to do too much, try and force things to happen, and inevitably make mistakes because that's just what we've seen from him. So, you know, to, to say inevitably, it, it's just been the consistency we've seen from him throughout his career so far in the league. But right now, looking at the, the Tampa Buccaneers, they can run the ball. They can throw the ball. This defense is getting healthy. You know, I think they got Devin White back. We saw him immediately making plays this last week for them. And you look at Tampa as a team that's kind of sneaking in here going like, hey, they might be able to make some noise. And as I'm saying all this, there's a, an NFC team that I've completely forgot about, the the Los Angeles Rams. This is a team that looks scary. I think they also lead the league in rookies um, that are being for, or being asked to start. I don't want to say forced, right? But a team that is leading the league percentage that has rookies starting for them. And as much as we like to joke and talk about the fact that the Rams say, hey, forget about it. We don't need a first-round pick. We'll trade that away and go get the guy that we really want, pay him money. It'll be fine. We don't have to pay this money to a first-rounder that we don't know if it's going to hit or not. And that then puts you in a position where – you have to hit on guys on the rest of the draft. <laughs> I think we're looking at three or four years now where we've seen that work out for them, where the Rams have continued to find guys that can come in and be good role players. And, you know, they're not finding any superstars except for Pukanuka, who is, is turning into the next Cooper Cup, it seems like. But they've just continued to find guys that can come in and fill a role and, and do it successfully and do it the right way. And the Rams, again, like I'm saying here with the Buccaneers, they have a chance to come to these playoffs and just and make some noise and make things happen and be a fun team to root for and saying like, hey, you know, we, we were rooting for you at one point, you won it, then you guys kind of disappeared and now you're back and it's like, okay, what can you really do here once we reach the playoffs? So it, it's going to be an exciting playoff race. We've got two weeks left of the season. Anything can happen, right? But let's get to the real bread and butter here for me, and that's going to be my Kansas City Chiefs. I think we're about 20, 25 minutes into the show. 
and I've been able to do my best on not talking about them and giving some recognition to other teams and even kind of the rundown that I've built. I'm looking at the my tabs here. The Lions make history win the division first time in 30 years. Bills getting hot at the right time. The Niners, I didn't touch up on this, but let me just go ahead and preface. They're going to be fine. It was a bad game. Anything that could have gone wrong for you went wrong. You're going to be fine going forward into the playoffs. You're still a terrifying team, and you have talent on every aspect and every level of your organization. The Ravens offense, they're humming. Look out for them. I think they just kind of run the AFC, and they're going to run into the Bills, though. That's my hope. And and then that's going to be a fun football game. But the last team that I had here as well that might make the playoffs but can't win, it's my Kansas City Chiefs. And I've reached this point of the year where – I've just I've given up hope. Like I got to I had the opportunity to go to this football game uh, against the Raiders on Christmas Day. I was really excited. Um, my buddy was able to grab us some tickets, so we were able to go. We had fantastic seats, had a fantastic time. Uh, he is a Raiders fan, him and his wife. And let's just say they had a very merry Christmas. And me, it was just it was not so merry. And it just it sucked watching the way this team played and the way that they showed up and all the question marks that was surrounding them heading into the week as they're coming off a win, but it didn't feel like a promising win. It didn't feel like something you were really excited about, but you also came into this week saying, yeah, it's just the Raiders. Like you'll be good. You'll get back on track. You'll end the season against the Raiders on Christmas day. You'll end, you know, then you'll go play uh, Cincinnati Bengals who are, you know, a little banged up right now. Don't have Joe Burrow at quarterback. You'll be fine facing them New Year's. And then you'll go play another backup quarterback um, right there in Los Angeles against uh, the Los Angeles Chargers. You're going to be fine. It's okay. Like We got through a rough batch. Let's just get through this and get out of the playoffs. And then you come into this week on Christmas Day, a home game. It's kind of you know crappy weather. It's a little rainy. It's cold. And it's very windy. And the Chiefs just laid an egg. I mean, this this team top to bottom – overlooked the Raiders, and it, they were just lackadaisical. They were lazy. They made boneheaded mistakes, and honestly, they deserved to lose that football game. If they would have won it, it would have been like, thank God they did what they needed to to make uh, to get the win, but it was ugly, and they didn't deserve it. They lost. They deserved that loss, and there's just so many points that I can point out with this team that I, I truly I don't know where to start because everyone's going to look at these receivers and be like, that's it. That's the blame. And for me, it's like it's more than just the receivers. It's more than Patrick Mahomes having time to throw the football. It's more than Mahomes making dumb mistakes or trying to do too much. It's like this coaching staff has just kind of been waiting for someone to step up and be the difference maker for this team to kind of get things rolling. And I've not listened to any media members. I've not digested anyone else's thoughts or takes about this with the Chiefs heading into this because after Mel and I talked this morning on like, hey, do the show solo tonight, you know, if you want to, that's totally fine. I was like, okay, like, I'm going to focus in, kind of look up some stats here that I think can, you know, be something that we can maybe build off of or pay attention to to just kind of showcase how bad this offense has truly been. Um, and then I really just kind of started looking at it and comparing from last season's fantastic offense that we talked about. And Mahomes is just a fantastic season as he won Super Bowl MVP, league MVP, and in the Super Bowl, right? Just first time it's been done since Kurt Warner. I see here and I start to look and I was like, <clears throat> this is more than just the players. This is essentially the same receiving core minus Juju. And you've added Rasheed Rice in the draft who is doing just as good, if not better, than Juju did all of last season. It's the same team on offense. But they're worse. What 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 is it? Let's look at the coaching staff. Eric Bieniemy's gone. Matt Nagy's the new offensive coordinator. 
and I'm not saying like, hey, you know, Matt Nagy or Matt Nagy is this offense. They're this awful coach, no good guy. Eric Bieniemy is the best offensive coordinator. Can't believe we let him go. We're all in agreement. Eric Bieniemy needed to move on. That's what was best for him. That's what was best for his future to go make things happen. But what this team is missing is that guy in Eric Bieniemy that the players didn't like. And it was the fact that he kept everybody in line, he kept everybody in check, and he made sure everybody did what they were supposed to do when they were supposed to do it. We weren't seeing these boneheaded mistakes on offense. We weren't seeing an offsides penalty on a receiver. We weren't seeing this amount of drops. We weren't seeing this amount of penalties on the offensive line. This team is leading the league in some of the worst categories, and again, that's in drops and in penalties. It's just atrocious on how bad this offense has been. And when it really comes down to it, I do think they are missing the, the sense of Eric Bieniemy in his coaching style. Throw up the question marks that you want and who truly calls the offense. Is it, is it Eric Bieniemy? Was it Andy Reid? Who is it now? Is it Matt Nagy? Is it Andy Reid? We don't know. But what we do know is is that there was a little bit of disgruntlement from the players in the relationship with Eric Bieniemy that, hey, he wasn't necessarily this player's coach. You know, the players had good things to say about him, but he wasn't their favorite person. That You know, they didn't have the best relationship with him necessarily, or da-da-da-da, this or that. I think Eric Bieniemy said it best when he went to Washington. Like, I'm just going to make sure guys are doing the right things. Like, he's like, that's my job, is to make sure guys are put in the best possible position to be their best and make plays and help this offense and to help this team. That's what Kansas City is missing. Kansas City's offense is missing the guy that puts them in the right spot. That is tough on them. Eric or uh, Andy Reid, he's a good guy. We all know that. Players love him. Media loves him. Everybody loves him, as they should. He's a nice guy. But we all know, like, nice guys don't necessarily win. You got to have the bad guy. You got to have the bad boy. Maybe that bad boy was Eric Bieniemy. Maybe he was the guy that came in and was like, I don't care about your feelings. Yeah, I don't care about how your freaking weekend was. Did you study? Did you look at the scouting report? Did you watch film? Are you ready to go? What's your assignment for this week? Tell me that. Answer those questions. That's what the, Chief, the Kansas City Chiefs are missing. And I look at some of these other teams here. and we, You, know, you look at the Buffalo Bills. And you look at the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, they have their nice guy head coach. But they, they also got the bad guy. They got the bad guy on the coaching staff. They got the guy that's keeping them in line and ready to roll. Now, Nessus, you, know, you look at the Buffalo Bills and like, what about them? You know, they're having a bad season. Apparently, the bad guy is Joe Brady. Apparently, Joe Brady's coming in and be like, I don't care about your feelings. Stephon Diggs, sorry about you. You're not going to continue to get these, these looks. You're not going to continue to get these deep bomb throws and make these fantastic plays. You'll get your chance in the offense when it's your turn and when you're ready and when we're ready for you. That's what they have. You're looking at the Ravens. You know, they bring in a new offensive coordinator. Lamar Jackson, calm down. All right, let's just trust our receivers here. Mark Anthony goes down. You're sitting here going, oh, my God, what are the Ravens going to do? You know, like, this just this this stinks. This sucks. We or we just lost our, our, our star tight end. What are we going to do going forward? Like, oh, just give us some time. You're going to run the ball with Gus Edwards. You're going to look great. You're going to run the ball with Justice Hill. You're going to look fantastic. Here comes Zay Flowers. All right? Here comes Odell Beckham Jr. Here comes Rashad Bateman. Things are going well for the Ravens and the Bills. The the Browns, I mean, good guy, bad guy. I don't even know. This offense is just making things happen. Maybe Joe Flacco's the bad guy. I don't care about He's not going to say I don't care about you guys. But he's just another dude who's just going to come in and play ball. Wrapping this all back to the Chiefs. 
<clears throat> we have too many good guys on the team. We have too many guys that are, are scared to speak up. It seems like you know that don't want to, they don't want to call anybody out. They don't want to keep people accountable. And I'm not necessarily saying that's Mahomes, but just looking at this team, I'm just going like, man, someone's just got to step up and make a difference. And there's nobody that can. And when you dive into the stats of this team and you really look at it, they lead the league in drops. That with 37. That is 6.7% of drops. Now, I compared that to last year. It's like, man, 37 is a lot. Like, that's not good. They had 34 drops last season. Now, granted, that put them at 11th in the league at 5.5%. But still, 30. So, I mean, this team, offensively, in terms of drops, you're you're the same. Now, again, you have two weeks left of the season. Let's hope to God you don't, <laughs> you know, continue to add to that. But there's a good chance you're going to with the way the season's gone so far. But you're in the same area you were last year. We're looking at yards after the catch. Last year, this team was first with twenty with 2,853 yards. This year, yards after catch. They are again first in the NFL, 2,398 yards. They are, they are in the lead by 200 yards and yards after the catch, beating the Bengals by 200 yards. And then there comes Miami who we all expect to be on the top of the list with the type of season they had, and then San Francisco, which, again, fantastic season. No, it's the Chiefs. The Chiefs are leading the league in yards after catch. So this offense has the ability to be good. It's just these drops are killing them. It's just, and it's just the timing of it, too. And I think this is something we talked about last week and the week before. Of It's just the timing of these mistakes from the Chiefs that's just holding them back. And it just seems to suck. But here's the other aspect of that that's really caught my attention. Yards before the catch. So this is Mahomes throwing the football to his receivers right before they make the catch. How far is that ball traveling in the air? Right now, it's 1,593 yards. That puts them at 25th in the league. Last year, they're in the same spot. They were just they're up they were up a little bit more. I think they were twenty-first. But it's just like you're sitting here looking at it like, oh, my God, like this is the same offense. Then we, we want to go a little deeper into this. Yards before the catch for the reception. How far is that ball traveling before, before it's initially caught per reception? <clears throat> this year, 4.1 yards. That's the worst in the league. You were ranked 32nd out of 32nd with that. This means, again, when Mahomes is throwing the ball to receiver, when they catch it, before they catch it, or right where they catch it, this is how far it's traveled, they're averaging four yards. That's shit, <laughs> if I'm being realistic. Last year, about a yard and a half better at five and a half. That puts you at 21st. Again, better than this year. Here's their average depth of target when targeted. Not necessarily caught, but when Mahomes decides to throw the ball to a receiver down the field, this is usually about how far down the field they are uh, when he's throwing it to him. 6.2 yards. They were 31st. Last year, they were at 22nd with about seven yards. That's about an, you know, let's kind of round up, round down here. That's about an extra yard. You don't put a lot of, you know, depth into that or, you know, no pun intended here with this, but you're not really going to put a lot of stock into that. But it's just these little key differences of this team of, like, this offense is getting shorter on average. It's getting smaller. And then when you pay attention to them and you watch them on the field, again, yesterday in this Christmas game, it felt like everything was side to side. Let's just get the ball out quick. Someone go make something happen. Dude, it's third and six. Why the hell are we running a screen to the tight end? We can't get anyone to run a slant. We, like, we're not running any slants. We're not running any quick outs. We're not running any quick ends. We're running screens and just hoping something happens. 
Let's run a screen this way. Ooh, let's fake the screen to the left and run it to the right. It's just bull, and it's not fun to. It's not fun football. That was the other aspect of watching this game yesterday. It wasn't fun. The one fun play was uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire catches the ball, makes a guy miss, breaks the tackle, goes and scores a touchdown. Again, that was a screen play. There's no shots down the field, and we're going to sit here and say, well, yeah, Mahomes doesn't trust his receivers. You know, they're leading the league in drops. It's the same team in terms of drops from last year. I can't buy that excuse anymore after looking at this. Now, again, it's the timing of it. But even yesterday, Kadarius Tony didn't play. <clears throat> Sky Moore didn't play. Your receivers that you had playing-wise, you had MVS. He had 61 snaps. He played 61 snaps on offense. He got one target. Again, watching that football game, I couldn't tell you how many times I was like, oh, my God, there's MVS breaking open. What's Mahomes doing? He's got his head down, avoiding defenders. Mahomes, step up into the pocket and make the throw, dude. I know you don't trust these guys, but I would at least continue to watch them drop it and say, like, okay, the look was there, instead of you just frantically being in your head and trying to make too much happen. Yes, you were able to score, you know, by making things happen and doing that. That was good. But it's still just so frustrating seeing guys continue to be open. The the, the interception that wasn't an interception, it got called back. He had Noah Gray two seconds before that running up the sideline. He'd broke open. Mahomes is scrambling to the right. He's looking elsewhere. He's look he's looking short. He's looking underneath for Travis Kelsey. And and here's my point with Travis Kelsey in in all of this kind of coming together of this offense is all very similar in terms of what it was last year and we thought it was the best offense in the league. It was terrifying. The only thing you lost was Juju and you brought in Rasheed Rice and it looks the same. All your receivers are pretty much the same. It, it, it comes down to the coaching, it comes down to Mahomes, and it comes down to the fact that Travis Kelsey is not the same Travis Kelsey that we've gotten used to. He's still having an historic year. He's probably going to get over 1,000 yards, knock on wood right now. But it's just like Mahomes has stop, has got to stop relying on Travis Kelsey. And then people are going to say, well, who's he going to rely on? You know, that's a good point because I just don't think there any, there's, there's anybody else to rely on right now besides Rasheed Rice. But you're only throwing the ball four yards down the field at a time before a catch. And you're expecting him to go make things happen afterwards. Which, again, you're leading the league in doing. That's fantastic. But right now, this offense is just not producing in terms of points on the board. And that's the frustrating part. And when I say this about Kelsey and getting figured out and him being an issue, it's because teams have realized that Mahomes doesn't trust any of his other receivers and that Mahomes is going to do too much. So the mindset is, Let's just rush him. Let's get after him. Let's beat up Travis Kelsey across the middle. Let's not let him do anything. Let's let's make the Chiefs beat us with Rasheed Rice, Justin Watson, MVS, and at times uh, Richie James, who had 25 snaps yesterday on offense and several plays on, on punt returns and kick returns because he's the main guy. You're sitting here looking at this team, and you're saying MVS is going to lead your receivers with 61 snaps. Justin Watson then comes in at 49 snaps. Again, Richie James at 25 and Justin Ross at 10. No Jarek McKinnon. He's on the IR with a groin injury, I believe. And so now we're looking at Isaiah Pacheco, who now has a concussion because he tried to make too much happen without a helmet. Love to see it. Love the effort. But dadgummit, the Tasmanian Devil – 
move came on to just bite you in the butt. And so now we're sitting here looking at Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, a guy that we were ready to get rid of, ready to move on from, just ignored all season. Hey, can you come in and make some things happen for us? Can you catch the ball? Can you get a jump ball in the end zone against the Patriots? Thank you. Or other 6'5 receiver we can't rely on to do that. We won't even give him a chance. Travis Kelsey is the only other person we want to look to in the red zone. Everybody's caught on to that now. I just I look at this team and I look at this offense and this is just it it's a new feeling with Patrick Mahomes being at the helm. And that's the part that stinks and that's the part that's annoying because this feels like a real Alex Smith led offense where things just aren't happening. Getting happy feet in the pocket, dancing around, not trusting your your offense, not making the right read and making the throw when it needs to be made. We've been able to get by with Mahomes because he just has that Mahomes magic. And right now it's like Mahomes mayhem. It's just, it's not good. I mean, this dude's got 14 interceptions. This is a career high. 14's never a good number, but my God, I guess it could be a lot worse, right? But when you look at this offense, and again, the timing of the drops, the timing of these penalties, it's cost you football games. It's cost you football games at home. You're telling me, let's say the Chiefs do get a home playoff game if they they lock up this division for the eighth time in a row, which they could have done yesterday on Christmas Day against the Raiders. Dropped an egg, didn't care. You don't have to win these next two ball games to win this division. The Broncos have a chance. The Raiders, not realistically, but hell, who knows, right? Because the Chiefs are sitting here at nine and seven themselves, and it is just freaking hideous. I just, it's the Chiefs are in a situation again where I don't think there's an answer. And some people might say, well, the answer is just catching the football, not making mistakes. Well, you know, man, <laughs> easier said than done. Where's it been? Why haven't they figured it out yet? And that's where it comes down to Eric Bieniemy being the missing piece on this coaching staff, where you have the bad guy. You have the guy that doesn't care about hurting your feelings, but he's going to make sure you're in the right position to win, and he's going to question the right things. He's going to question the things that need to be questioned to make sure you're in the right spot to make the right play. And until the Chiefs figure that out or find that guy, I think we're looking at a, a first round, a first round loss, because there's not a team that comes into this situation, into the into Arrowhead, saying I'm worried about this home field advantage. I'm worried about the Chiefs in Kansas City. I'm worried about a, a cold January game. You got a cold December game on Christmas Day, and the Raiders still made things happen. And this entire tangent here has gone on for about 20 minutes now is all about the offense. The defense, 60 yards passing in the first quarter. Didn't complete a pass after that. In three quarters of football, a defense didn't let up a single completion, and they still lost. We're talking about bad guys. Let's get someone on this defense to be a bad guy. Let's get someone to speak up. You know who that guy is to me that needs to speak up? Chris Jones. Haven't seen it. Haven't heard it. You watched that game yesterday, everyone on defense trying to get the crowd riled up, ready to rock and roll. I don't know if it's Chris Jones just being in the mindset of, like, I'm going to be the next guy that makes a play, you know, gets us our off, gets the offense the ball back, head down and focus. Everyone else is getting the crowd up, pumped up, ready to rock and roll, getting some excitement in the stadium, pumped up to the music. Not seeing anything of Chris Jones. This team needs a leader. It needs a guy to be a bad guy to step up and be honest. Because if not, in three, four weeks here, Kansas City's done. Their season's over with. 
we're looking into the draft, getting excited for 2024. That's going to suck. That is going to suck a lot. Really wish I had a, a way to, to end this on a higher note as a Chiefs fan to any other Chiefs fans that may be listening to this. Um, but it's not looking good, and it's frustrating, and that stinks because uh, this team stinks. But if you're a fan of the Buffalo Bills, if you're a fan of the, the Baltimore Ravens, the Dallas Cowboys, San Francisco 49ers, Miami Dolphins, Philadelphia Eagles, the Cleveland Browns, the freaking Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Los Angeles Rams, I'm happy for you. Hope you guys are having a great season. Hope you had a Merry Christmas. That's going to be my tangent for NFL. Let's try and take this on a happier note because we do have college football this weekend and we have a ton of bowl games that are going to be exciting, uh, especially heading into the new year. I'm trying to think when Mel and I will be back to do another show because next week is the new year, so we probably won't be here Monday. Tuesday, I'm assuming, we'll most likely do a show, uh, so you'll get to hear our live reactions um, after the Texas football matchup. Um, against Washington, Alabama uh, versus Michigan. You'll get to hear those reactions. Uh, some of these other bowl games that are taking place, the New Year's Six games. Um, there's going to be plenty to talk about, good and bad, and hopefully there's better news for the Kansas City Chiefs. I appreciate everyone that joined in on the show today. I think we're about 40 minutes in. I know it's been a long one. Hopefully it was an entertaining show. Uh, if you have any points or things you want to point out or discuss with me, definitely feel free to. Um, I've had a lot of fun. Hopefully you guys have enjoyed listening. And, again, thanks for listening to another episode of Mic'd Up. This is Big Country signing off. And uh, have a happy New Year's, guys.